God is the potter, we are the clay. Psalms 100 verse 3, the Bible says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Notice in verse 20 in this passage, and Paul asks this question. He says, Nay, but O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? In verse 21, Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? You see, we serve an eternal God. A God that not only is eternal, but has an eternal plan. He is a sovereign God, meaning he already knows everything that will happen and why it happened and from, why, from where it happened. He's a sovereign God. He knows everything. He's omni, uh, omniscient. He, he, he knows our hearts, our minds, our very thoughts this moment. He, he, he knows what will come and, and what happened, and, and he knows everything. He, God is an eternal God. And he has always an eternal plan. He makes no mistakes. From the time he saved you and he saved me, from the time our spiritual life began, follow me here, thus began an eternal purpose for each and every one of us. This thing with regards to eternity is not just to prepare you for you entering into eternity, but it's to prepare you for today because what you do today will impact and affect your eternity with him. It's so important to understand that God has a plan for your life, an eternal plan. Yes, he saved us. He saved us to take us to heaven, but he also saved us to fulfill and accomplish his will. In Ephesians chapter 2, it tells us that, that we are his workmen. He, we've been created for Christ Jesus to, to fulfill his will. He has a perfect plan for each and every one of us. Job attempted to question the purpose of God. In the trial of a lifetime, he, in, in his brokenness, in his pain, with his suffering, to which God responded in Job 38 when, when he says, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou, if thou hast understanding. In Job chapter 40, uh, the Lord explains very, very vividly, very, very clearly how how we as men are nothing in the sight of what God, uh, who God is and his plans. And, 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 jo and Job, it says, moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth once I have spoken, but I will not answer Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. Job says, he comes to the conclusion, I'm not questioning you any longer. I'm going to stay quiet and just let you be God. Then answer the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. If you truly, Job, understand the, the importance that I am an eternal God and I have an eternal plan and you're ready to, to hush up and you're ready to, to stop debating against me and my perfect will. If you are understanding that, then gird up your loins. Be ready 
because I'm about to do what I want to do with your life and how I want to do it with your life. Naomi, bitter and afraid, attributed to God fault when she declared. And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, I call, uh, 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 call me Mara, for the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Without understanding, not realizing that God was using everything that he had occurred to formulate and prepare her for something much, much greater. Our God is a sovereign God. This is why in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible says, and we know that all things, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, the Bible says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. I call your attention to verse 22 in this passage of Romans chapter 9. If you would, please, verse 22. The Bible says simply, what if God? That's what I want to speak to you this morning on. Light of eternity. And one day being before the throne and having to give an account to God for what we did for him or did not do for him. What we were able to accomplish for his will and his glory or not accomplish. That day is soon coming, my friend. And, and Jesus is coming very close. We are close to the day of rapture and to the tribulation period. And we are close to it. And I know this is something that we've heard through the ages. But if you understand prophecy and if you see thoroughly what God has done and, and everything that has, the time ha that has transpired in the word of God from then till now, there is no question about it that we are so very, very close to the end. And we have but just one opportunity, we have but just one lifetime to accomplish his perfect eternal will for our life. And I ask you this morning, what if God? What if God? The same God that created the light and creates the darkness, the Bible says in Isaiah 45, the same God that makes peace and creates evil. He confesses and says, I, the Lord, do all these things. Paul asked a very sombering and powerful declaration in Romans chapter 9, verse 22, when he just simply says, what if God? What if God chooses not to answer your prayer? What if God chooses to give you a sickness in your life, crippling you? What if God chooses to allow in your life a broken heart? What if God chooses for you never to get married? What if God chooses for you not to be able to bear children? What if God chooses to, uh, uh, for you not to be able to, to, to have a life like others have a life? What if God chooses to make, to take away your mother, to take away your father? What if God chooses to make your brother or your sister, uh, what if he, he decides to take them home to heaven? What if he chooses for you to take care of a loved one that is sick and the rest of his life or her life and you have to at attend to them? 
What if he chooses to take away your sight or your hearing? What if he chooses to take everything away from you that he has given you? What if God? What if God wants to let let go, what wants you and I to let go of all your, our dreams and all of our desires and all of our comfort and wants you to surrender your life to some mission field for the cause of eternity? What if God wants to take you through a situation like Job just to be glorified in your life? What if God wants to, you to, uh, to suffer a broken heart, someone to betray you, someone to hurt you? What if God has allowed uh, something terrible in your life, such as uh, an affliction or such as a, uh, a, a, a crime against you? Someone has hurt you. Someone has done something terrible to you and no one else knows and you sat there with it in your heart and you want to forget it and you want to then never let it happen but let me tell you nothing happens in God's divine and his sovereignty nothing happens in God's love towards us and how he takes care of us without a purpose whether a divine without a divine purpose in our for our lives that's why God in Romans chapter 8 says that all things all things work together for good because God one day knows and sees the beginning from the end. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is uh, the author and finisher of our faith. He knows already what's to come ahead. He knows the reasons for every trial. He knows the reasons for every burden, for every tear shed, for every crying, for every, for every pain that you suffer, for every difficulty that you've gone through, for every trial. God has a divine purpose for you. Oh, that we would understand Oh, that we would accept. What if God? What if God? Proverbs 16, 9, the Bible says, A man's heart deviseth his ways, but the Lord directeth his steps. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 says, He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God, listen, God has planned already to put eternity in our hearts. He has already divined, uh, uh, divinely has prepared a plan, a way for us to accomplish his will. Isaiah 55, the Bible says, for my thoughts are, yet, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Such an important statement. What if God... Does he have to get your permission? Does he have to consult with us? Does he have to comply with our wishes and our desires and our dislikes? Psalms 135, verse 6, the Bible says, Whatsoever the Lord pleaseth, that did he in heaven and in earth and in the seas and in all deep places. James 1, verse 17, the Bible says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Listen here, young person. 
Listen to this message. It's a simple message. I, 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 I hesitated to bring it because it's such a sim- simple thought, but yet I believe will make the difference in our lives with regards to our personal uh, trials and difficulties and, and, and the lot of our family, our, 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 our homes and our testimonies and what God has allowed for each and every one of us. No one here has determined how life is going to be. It's impossible. You can study. You can prepare. You can save up. You can plan, but it's God's will. It's God's desire. It's God's will that will, will, at the end of the day, he will do whatsoever he pleaseth. We should live our lives such as James chapter 4 tells us. Whereas you know what, not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. How simple, how more simple life can be, how, how easier our Christian life and journey can be if we would just understand that what if God wants this for my life? What if it's part of his perfect plan for my life? What if this trial, what if this accident, what if this sickness, what if this loss of a parent, what if this divorce somehow is part of God's will for my life? What if God wills it? What if God desires it in order for him to be glorified in my life in light of eternity and what he wants to fulfill and accomplish with my life? I am nothing. I am a lost uh, 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 person saved by grace uh, just without God I can do nothing and without him I'll never accomplish what he want when he wanted from my life you will never accomplish what he wanted from your life until you and I decide to get out of his way and accept what if God what if God oh how different our how simplified our Christian life would be how strengthened our faith would become how different our perspective of eternity would change to our understanding that God is perfect. Everything that he has done is perfect. He has done that which he pleases. Genesis 1 declares that God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was a very good, it was very good. Psalms 1:18:30, the Bible says this. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. Every trial, every burden, every difficulty, every gift, every blessing, every curse, everything that God has done by, for a divine purpose for, with eternity in view. Every day we stand at the brink of eternity where we will have to give an account to God for what we did with this life that he gave us. The difference will be whether we lived our life doing our will or the Father's will. What if God, number one, takes away what he has given you? What if God decides to take away what he has given you? Job Because God chose to. God took everything from Job. Without consulting with him, without rationalizing with him, without reasoning with him, he just chose to. God, God just willed it. God just said, let's use Job to illustrate 
how, God, how man will be faithful to me no matter what comes his way. And he used Job. He took his sons. He took his belongings. He, he took his possessions. He took his health. He took the support of a, of a, of a wife that was his help me. He took everything. He took his reputation. How his friends belittled him. How his friends mocked him and told him he was for sure the one at fault for this curse that came upon his life. No one could understand what had happened to Job. Not even Job himself. No one could understand. And even in that moment, Job declared that uh, uh, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Even if I don't understand why, even if I don't understand how, but God giveth, the Lord taketh. Uh, I cannot challenge and I will not fight against God's will. He will take what is his. He gave it to me. He's allowed to take it from me. Ezekiel lost his wife just because God chose to. Naomi lost everything, yet God gave her everything back. And much more through Ruth. Abraham, God asked Abraham to give up his son, the one that God had given him. He asked for him back. Moses, after a long journey of fruitful ministry, of difficulties, of trials, of, of failures, of so many challenges and, and trials, looking onto that promised land and saying, uh, we're going to get there. I know God is, is, is going to help us get there. And at the very end, almost just very at the end, at the end, God says, Moses, you're not going in there. Joseph, his brothers, sell him out. Attempt to kill him. Loses his life. For the rest of his life, he's from one jail to another, a slave of this and that, and everywhere he goes, there's no doubt God is with him, but flipped his life upside down just to help you and me. Listen, just to help you and me. That sometimes things can go terribly wrong. Sometimes people will hurt us. Sometimes people will take advantage of you. Sometimes things will happen that you have no control over and you can't understand why. Those that you have loved the most, those that you have trusted the most, those that you, you care about the most will hurt you the deepest. And there's Joseph wondering why all this has happened and is confronted by his brothers with every reason in his mind to, to vindicate himself and have revenge. He understands then what they meant for evil, God has used for good. The three Hebrew children declared it on the brink of eternity, and if not. What if God, what if God does want to kill us in this flame? What if God's will is for me to finish my race here? Hey, what if God does want to end my life? What if God doesn't allow me to go back home? What if when I get back home, my mother's not there? My dad's not there? What if when I get back home, someone uh, goes to a doctor's visit and gets a terrible uh, 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 announcement from the doc? What if things change drastically? What if God... I, I submit to you the simple idea and the so important truth spiritually. What if God, what if God wants to use your life through brokenness? What if God wants to take your dreams and all your ambitions and your career and your wants and your desires and for you to throw them away and he wants to use your life to break you 
and use all your pain, all your difficulties, all the things that you have seen with your eyes, all the struggles, all the tears, and he wants to now use all that to help someone else. What if God takes away what he has given you? What if God wants to take away that friendship that you have with that one young lady, that one young man? What if God decides to make you stay home instead of being able to go follow your dreams and study somewhere else? I believe that's the testimony of that hymn that we sing bright bright in the corner where you are. What if God chooses to go through, make you go through a terrible accident? Listen, where a vehicle falls on top of you and you cannot no longer walk. For the rest of your life, you have to be in a wheelchair. And every Sunday morning, guys have to carry you four flights of stairs for you to get back on your wheelchair and teach a Sunday school class. And then at the end of Sunday school class, be carried down four flights of stairs to get on your wheelchair, to get to service. What if God decides you to become a youth pastor with your precious wife and serve him for over 45 years without giving you the joy of having your own children. You see, we, we, we talk a lot about just, oh, I believe in God, and I love God, and I trust God, Brother Ricky. Until God says, what if I want? See, we fill up the heavens with our prayers of everything we want. Everything, everybody, this Lord I want, and God, would you do this for me? And God, I want this, and I desire that. And God, would you please, and would you please? And the heavens are full with all our wants and our cravings and our desires and our wishes. And God says this morning, what if God wants? What if God wants? What if I want? Oh, God, but it's because I want, it's because I've planned, it's because I've tried, it's because I've seen others, it's because others have failed me, it's because it hurts, because people have hurt me, and I can't trust. But God says, what if I want to use all of that? Oh, but God, I failed the Lord. I'm a mess. I failed. My testimony shot. I'm I'm ashamed. I'm the shame of our youth ministry. I'm not even, I shouldn't be here this morning. Lord, if if you want to use others, I understand. But God says, what if I want to use your failures. I ask you simply this morning, what if God, what if God wants to afflict you with the Pharaoh in your life? God has raised up Pharaoh as a servant, the Bible says. He rose up Nebuchadnezzar as a servant. 
He's allowed Satan to bring great affliction upon Job to, to, to sift Peter. He rose up Joseph's brothers against him. He rose King Saul up against David, the shepherd boy. You see, all things work together for good. Even when he raises up people that will hurt us, that will afflict us, that will accuse us, that will challenge us, that will, will harm us, will criticize us on social media. Things will be said. Accusations will be false. And listen, God sometimes, whether we like it or not, will raise up pharaohs in our life just to bring us closer to him just so we can see his power for in our lives. What if God chooses to afflict your life with a Pharaoh? Just to push you further in the direction he wants you to go. What if God raises up an enemy against your parents? Someone that would hurt your parents. Hey, listen, don't, don't lose. Don't, don't lose me, please. What if God wants to, to raise somebody or some people up against your family? With no reasoning. And you say to yourself, this is not fair. We didn't ask for this. Why would they say those things against us? Why would they be saying those things? Why would they be trying to say on this on social media? And why would they be, would they, haven't we loved them? Haven't we helped them? Haven't we given our life for them? And what, 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 what more can we do to show that we've trusted, we love them, and yet they'll turn around and hurt us? And you wonder where, Lord, where are you? Help me, Lord, what's going on? And God says sometimes, you see, Andy, sometimes I need to raise up pharaohs in your life to get you going in the direction I have planned for you in light of eternity. What if God forgives the one you don't want to forgive? Because this was the debate. God was changing Paul's ministry over to the Gentiles. And there was a debate amongst his brethren, amongst his kin, amongst his countrymen. The Jews didn't like the, 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 the Gentiles. They were considered as dogs to them. And they were, they were confused on how is it that the gospel, the ministry of Paul would be aimed towards the Gentiles. And there's a debate in these chapters against that. The ministry was changing for Paul. And the Jews were not happy. And God simply says, there in chapter 9, he says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Stephen forgave his killers. David forgave the king. Our Savior forgave those who afflicted him. He has forgiven our own sins against him. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more, God declares. We must forgive those who have hurt us and we feel that they are unforgivable. God calls us to forgive them. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgiveth you, so also do ye. You see, we must understand that sometimes God will allow us opportunities to be more like Jesus through our forgiveness. Even though sometimes we feel like they don't deserve our forgiveness. You ever been there? You see, God bless that one person that caused so much pain in your life. 
God prospered those. God blessed those, and you say they're not worthy of those blessings. They shouldn't be receiving those blessings. Hear me. But God says, what if I want for this person to hurt you so bad? Brother Aaron, would you come? I'll close with this stuff. What if God chooses and raised up this Pharaoh in your life just so you can be hurt, suffer, so then you can maybe shed a little glimpse of God's love in our life to others by turning around and forgiving that one person that you believed and deemed unforgivable. You see, Pastor Gomez, he hurt my mom. He hurt my dad. He hurt my dad's ministry. He attacked my brother. They talked bad about my sister. They hurt us. They took from us. They did that to me. That one uncle, that one, that one, that one person. I can't forgive him. I don't care. I won't forgive him. Meanwhile, you have eternity. You have eternity still held back. God's plan wants you to keep going. He has eternity in mind. He has plans for your life. But you're sitting here complaining, bitter. Just like Naomi that said, I came with my hands full, but God, but God has made me return with them empty. God has not failed you. Neither will he fail you. God has always been good. God has always been faithful. But what if God wants? Have you asked yourself that question? What if God, in his eternal plan, wanted you to forgive your dad, that he left you. Ain't at home. What if God wanted you to be born in a home where there was no dad? What if, what if God wanted to take away your mom? And you, and you have to live in a home where now you have a stepmom or you have a stepdad and you're wondering, why, Lord, why me? Why can't it be normal like others? Why can't I have what others have? Oh, I remember being that young man, going to places, going to baseball practice, going to games, going to tournaments, and always seeing mom and dad at the games, always seeing parents come supporting and being there with their kids. And I look around and say, where's mine? Where's my dad? Where's my mom? How come, where are they? Why can't we be normal? Now I understand. Finally, what if God wants? You see, I had to forgive my father before I'd ever be able to use that God. I had to say, Dad, I know you don't understand me, but I need to forgive you. I love you. And he hugged me. He said, son, I don't understand what you're talking about, but but if I failed you as a dad, please forgive me. I said, Dad, I forgive you. Two and a half years ago, we said goodbye to my dad. Thank you, brother. I said goodbye to him. I held his hand, Brother Judah, as he took his last breath. I held his hand. I hugged him for the last time when we helped him go use the restroom. 
And he, as we picked him up, my brother and I, he reached over and hugged me. I can still feel his arms right here, I promise you. He hugged me. There in a room, just him, my brother, and myself at one in the morning on January 6th, two years ago. And he said, with his barely being able to speak, COVID took his life. And he said, son, thank you. I love you. In that very moment, I'll close with this, Brother Judah. That very moment, when we were helping my dad on his deathbed, he couldn't breathe. He had two oxygen machines Filling him with oxygen just wasn't enough. He's going, struggling. <laughs> and we can see our dad, a strong man, trying to fight for his life. That very moment when we picked him up for the last time to help him use the restroom, my brother, he's a pastor for 25 years now, helped him use the restroom and me holding him. And when he's finished, us raising him up, and carrying him up, and he hugs me, and I put him on the bed, and my brother helps us put it on, on the bed, and that very moment, everything came back, Brother, brother, brother Hubal. When we were just kids, and he came home drunk, he would come home drunk. He'd knock down the door, and he, he, he'd yell, and he'd trip over us, and he, he'd hit us, because my brother and I would sleep on the floor in the living room. That was our bedroom. And he'd go drunking and stumbling, and we'd have to help him carry him to the restroom so he wouldn't make a mess for our mother to get up and have to clean that up and cause another fight. And so we'd have to, we had to literally help him as kids for him to use the restroom and he would get mad at us and say, let me know, leave me alone. And that very moment when we're sitting there saying goodbye to our, 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 our father that's a godly man, that was a soul winner, that was serving the Lord and faithfully, it took me back to that, those very nights when I hated my dad, I would tell the Lord, I wouldn't even Christian, I would tell the Lord, Lord, would you just kill him? Don't make him come back home. He's making our life miserable. I can't stand it no more, the yelling, the, 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 the struggles and the fighting. I, I don't want this anymore. I would leave my house for days and come back because I didn't want to be home. And that very moment, I, I, it took me back and I said, it can't be. We're the same two boys that were taking my drunken dad to go pee in the bed in the restroom because he couldn't do it himself. Fast forward, 32 years later, 33 years later, and we're doing the same thing. But now my brother's a pastor. I get to serve the Lord. My dad's a soul winner, a faithful Christian. See, only God can do that. Only God can do that. He can take something so ugly, so terrible, so brokenness and such a terrible experience and not allow it because God wants it to be for he can use it over here and say, that's why, Andy. You see, you didn't get it. I know you hated your dad, but this is why. Because I wanted you to help others. I wanted you to use your brokenness to serve others. So I submit to you, whatever you're going through this morning, whatever's down deep inside your heart that no one else knows, that no one else can begin to understand why those things that happen to you, 
while you're here, but by the grace of God, because there's every reason in the world, financially, emotionally, spiritually, why you shouldn't be here today. But yet God brought you here, and he simply asks you, what if God wants? I know you have your plans. You seniors that just graduated from high school. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I submit to you. What if God wants? Have you thought of that? With every head bowed, every eye closed.